What's up out there, revolutionaries? Welcome to this episode of The Vault, where we'll be discussing cannabis and legalization in South Carolina. I'm your host, Justin Staples, and joining me as always is our co-host, John Custer. How we doing, everyone? Joining us as well is Jocelyn James, the executive director of Columbia Chapter of the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws, a.k.a. Normal. Jocelyn, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. It's a pleasure. So, uh, yeah, I guess we're going to start at the top here. I mean, and uh, just kind of dive into, you know, when did you get to started and introduced and really start working for Normal? Uh, and, and what made you want to kind of take on that leadership role and get involved with Columbia's organization? Um, I've been a member of this chapter of Normal since about 2016-ish, somewhere around in there. Um, I was just Googling around, looking for stuff, grassroots organizations, and I stumbled upon Normal. I saw that they had a local chapter here in Columbia, South Carolina, and I joined. How did I get to be leadership? Woo, this is a story for (laughs) y'all. I inherited this role, actually. Um, So what was going on around 2017, the executive, uh, the then leadership was thinking about forming an advisory board. And, and creating a, a statewide advisory board for the local chapters to report to. Um, long story short, some things fell apart. I was going to step up and take over the executive director role for the local Columbia Normal chapter, which is actually going to be renamed to Metro Normal under my uh, new leadership because we're going to rebrand and do some things. Um, so, yeah, I took it, took it over. I inherited it because of that. Those leaders stepped down. Then it was left to me as a one-woman show. And I've been a one-woman show pretty much for the past year. And I've been ramping up efforts to get the ball rolling and get the chapter back to what it used to be. Um, Because Columbia Normal has been around since 2007. And it used to be very robust. And so with the ebbs and flows of everything that's been going on with cannabis and in the industry and here in South Carolina, people have gotten exhausted and tired of trying to advocate for something that they feel like is never going to happen. So that's kind of what has happened. Um, in terms of who's leading, who's still around, who's still sticking around. And that's how I got here. And it's it's been a ride ever since. Right. Definitely a journey, like you said. Uh, prior to coming to Normal, did you have any other cannabis industry experience? You know, being in South Carolina, things have kind of been prohibited a little bit, but, you know, maybe even elsewhere or, uh, yeah, things of that nature. The only other, the only two that I can really talk, like, touch base on and say, you know, other than, of course, experimenting as a teenager, you know, being in love with the plant itself, I wrote my first paper about the molecular composition of cannabis or marijuana, Delta 9, you know, tetrahydrocannabinol. I wrote about it 2009 in a chemistry class. I turned it in like a week late and I got an A on it. But during that research is when I discovered, oh, snap, you know, Israel is doing great work in terms of medical cannabis and they're treating cancer patients and these cancer patients are surviving and they have high rates, you know, in terms of healthcare and what they're doing in the industry. And I'm like, hey, the promised land is doing this. And then that's when I discovered that California has been, you know, dispensing medical cannabis since 1998. And then it turned into... You know, I became a massage therapist in 2016. You know, I'm also a yoni or vaginal uh, certified vaginal therapist so just being in a holistic environment and then stumbling upon you know how can I incorporate cannabis in all of this because I've used cannabis for my own personal use in terms of mental emotional and feminine you know physical pain for feminine purposes you know 
those are my two. And then I got into a multi-level marketing company back in 2016. And that's how I got into learning about how to, about hemp, the benefits of hemp, the benefits of CBD. And ever since then, it's been like a Rolling Stone gathering moss. So those are my personal stories and attachments to cannabis before taking on this leadership role. You know, your state, uh, South Carolina, is in the minority when it comes to cannabis, still enforcing strict prohibition laws that, you know, restrict any type of medical or adult use program from existing. So I, I want right. to ask, in your opinion, you know, what's been holding the state back? Because I did a little bit of research and all of the recent polls uh, indicated that people from both sides of the aisle, Republicans and Democrats, are supportive of a medical and adult use program majority. So I wanted to ask you, you know, what's is it just politicians at the end of the day? Um. Okay, so I, I'm going to brief y'all about who I am. I'm a very open and honest person, so I'm going to be pretty blunt about these answers. Um, here in the South, you know, like you both said, yes, we do have Democrats and Republicans. More so, Republicans are pushing for this more than than the Democrats. Um, one issue that we are facing, the hugest issue right now that we're facing, law enforcement. Um, our South Carolina Law Enforcement Division, or SLED, they're not having it. The, South, uh, the Sheriff's Association, they still want to work out the kinks. Um, and I know, well, I guess you guys are going to ask about a couple bills that we have. However, you know, in terms of medical, medical cannabis becoming legal here in the state, um, I do know right now that they're trying to work on language to amend a couple of the bills to include uh, law enforcement getting a kickback from gross marijuana sales. Um, the last that I heard, they're talking 40 to 50 percent gross, you know, 40 to 50 percent to go to law enforcement from the gross medical sales. Um, and that's going to help with medical education programs. The fine medical education programs, I have no clue. <laughs> so <laughs> right. we're going to restart there. Are you guys going to, what are you guys going to do with this, this drug education program? You know, are you guys going to help wean the veterans that we have around here off opioids? Like what, what are you guys' plan? So that's one compete piece and component of it. And I do know a part of what the, what they want to do with the money is find ways to test for those under the influence while driving. Um, they, they do. I have seen language and things that they want to talk about that in terms of that's what they want to use the money for. The other piece and component is um, politician or po politics wise and politician wise. I'm going to be honest with y'all as a Southern black female here in South Carolina, I have the most trouble in terms of politics with Southern African-Americans. And these are Southern Christian African-Americans. Um, I got a great piece of advice or a great piece or, or more so a great nugget when I went to the cannabis conference uh, that Normal had and their lobbying day back in September. They said that uh, one of the people from Las Vegas and Chicago, those normal folks there, they were saying that how African-Americans have PTSD when it comes to, to drugs, especially marijuana. So no one wants to come within, you know, especially the older crowd, you know, think civil rights, think baby boomers, you know, those African-Americans, they don't want to touch or come no anywhere near the plant because the first thing they're thinking, oh, you're going to jail. Mm -hmm. You know, trying to explain to my 62-year-old father, I work on a hemp farm, oh, are you guys going to get busted by the DEA? No, hemp is legal across all 50 states and U.S. territories. Trying to get him to understand the difference between hemp and marijuana 
is a job within itself. So that leads to a third point in terms of education, educating people of what this looks like, educating people of what this is, educating people on what CBD is, what hemp is, and what marijuana is, and what this industry is doing and how it's taking a turn. So trying to get these people on the band, you know, this demographic of people on the bandwagon and not personally on the bandwagon, just have them understand what this looks like you know, that's a fight and a struggle within itself. And I've gotten a, a couple of great ideas that I'm putting in the works. Um, it's just in a matter of this falling into the right hands and the words falling into, you know, going through the right ears for the message to resonate. So how do you think that cannabis reform will finally be achieved in South Carolina? Because definitely, like you were speaking to, and I've had dealings with that end of myself and kind of trying to explain the cannabis industry currently to older members of my uh, family and having a lot of police background in my family as well. That becomes a very difficult uh, conversation. So do you think that, you know, we can kind of gear the conversation more to where we are today through a public initiative kind of holding town halls with representatives? Or is this going to have to continue to be, uh, I guess, a direct path, directly trying to go to legislators, even pulling from both sides of the aisles and trying to get support that way to convince some of those uh, um, some of those other voting members who still have a little bit of that, that scarification going on from the previous war on drug campaign that we saw in the nation. Right. Um, I, I think both. At this point, once you get legislators on board, once you show the public that, hey, this legislator is behind it and this is why, and they can come to these public town halls or these public forums like, you know, normal. I want to have a couple of those, you know, within these coming months, especially during the legislative session to show people, you know, educating. If you have questions, ask as many questions as you want, you know. And then again, on the other piece, direct, direct contact to the people. Education, 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 education is the key and letting them know this is what this looks like. Um, I also will say um, as another point to the former question, and partnering with the legislators, you know, being in the Deep South is really tricky mm -hmm. um, because here, I don't know if you guys ever heard of it. I'm sure you're familiar with the term or the phrase, the good old boys club. Mm -hmm. um, so this is, it's, it's pretty, it's kind of siloed here in terms of politics. <laughs> mm -hmm. But however, considering the history of the South, that's what we've perpetuated for generations so trying to get certain legislators to come, even even certain black Christian legislators to come around because they are they are the opposition for them, you know, trying to get them to come around, trying to get them to see, hey, you and your constituents, can y'all talk about this? They're not trying to touch it because they don't want to lose their constituency. Then you have what I call the good old boys club. You know, I'm just going to touch base and be open about it. So, you know, the white male population, you know, they're open for it. They want it. Okay, I get it. However, you can't silo it to be just for your people and your populations and your demographic. Like you have to make this universal for all of us. Now, for in terms of reform for South Carolina, I think what's going to happen here, and I and I feel like this is what's going to happen. We're modeling after Florida a little bit. Hmm. You know how Florida they introduced, you know, their medical bill. You can, no inhalation, no flower. That's kind of what it is here, like with hemp. Hemp flower is legal, but then you pull it off the shelf. Well, there's still a gray area. You can inhale it, but you can't, you know, things of that nature. But hemp flower is still illegal, yet we still have dispensary selling pre-rolls. Like now Florida's including inhalation in their medical bill. And I think that's what's going to happen. We're just going to have to take what we can get step by step. Because even with CBD and hemp being legal here in the state and consumption, I still take issue with certain, with a piece of it that doesn't 
cover working adults. And these working adults are left out of this bill because what if they pop or test positive for a drug test, you know, and they're only consuming CB, full spectrum CBD and letting them know, well, yes, you're consuming CBD. It has 0.3% THC or less or none at all, or, you know, or less than it. However, you got to, you got to educate these people, let them know this is what full spectrum is. This is what broad spectrum is. So this is a whole conversation that I think everyone does need to come to the table. And I would love it if more legislators will hold public town halls and not be afraid of what their colleagues or their constituency would say, even though, like you said, the numbers, the numbers are there. The numbers are definitely there for, for metal, especially medical consumption. It's 39% for recreational consumption. However, for medical, uh, for medical marijuana use, four out of five South Carolinians want it for medical use. So I think there's a, a, yeah, it's very high. Exactly. All puns intended. So yes. (laughs) When you're uh, representing normal, you know, you've talked a lot about education. What type of institutions or organizations right now are you kind of partnering with or leaning on and going into and educating? And is, I guess, is there any type of specific like crowd of people or group of people? I know you've talked a little bit about um, the black Christianity crowd. Is there anyone that you're, you're really focused on right now that you think could help turn the tide? Yes. Um, so I'm a woman and I do believe that the future, like they say, the future of weed is female. Um, I'm partnering with a lot of women. Um, a lot of us are advocating. Think about all the female um, companies, farms that have been started because they have sick kids or their kids are patients and they have a need for cannabis or marijuana. You know, partnering with women to see, to show them that's what this looks like, you know, especially the younger population and crowd. That's who I'm partnering with. Um, I've also got partnered with farmers and growers. Being that here in South Carolina, you know, we've had our hemp pilot program for a couple of years and it's no longer a pilot, a pilot program. It's a free-for-all. So having farmers, you know, oh, we're growing flour. We want to sell flour. All of a sudden we got to pull off flour. There's always a need somewhere. So partnering with the, the, the younger female population, partnering with growers, partnering with people who want to have who want to be processors, you know, just aligning with these folks. And also another group that I'm, I'm looking to not per se target other than the veterans, of course, since we have a huge veteran presence here and our huge veteran presence. Yes. There, a lot of them are homeless. A lot of them are on prescription meds or opioids or strung out on other drugs. Um, The other population again is trying to reach the black Christian, the black Christian community. That is a huge one I want to penetrate because that wall around that, it's, it's a huge wall and it's a big, huge barrier. So trying to get people to see this is what this looks like, that's, that's been really difficult for me. And another group that is on my list to partner with is the LGBTQ community. Um, they have rights to, they want to consume as well. And I think that they're being left out of this conversation in terms of partnerships because they have a huge population of people. Think about it, HIV AIDS. Their patients, can, they, their patients consume this product. Instead of wanting to consume or take their prescribed meds, which makes them sick, they can't eat, they can't sleep, things of that nature. So that's another, those are two huge groups that I, I'm honing in on, like when I, when I fully get this thing structured, how you know, I desire for this chapter to be structured. And what you know? Why why Metro South Carolina? I guess what's the point of that rebrand and and the restructuring? 
Um, the point of the rebrand, you know, just something fresh, something new, um, new leadership. I just don't want it to be something that people have known from before. People, people who do know normal around here have ever heard of normal. We've gotten, when I was even a member from the former direct, you know, from the former leadership being present, they looked at normal as this group of hippie people who want to get high all day be stuck on the couch, eat munchies, you know, just push for recreational when really, no, that's not it. Um, here, a big, huge population has been left out of this conversation in terms of what normal is. A lot of people here, just to be honest, don't even know what normal is. And the population that does, they don't look like me, AKA they're not white. So, you know, rebranding, getting a fresh face, getting a, you know, getting a, getting a little makeover, just showing people, hey, Columbia Normal, yes, this is Columbia Normal. You know, just, we're known as the metropolitan area in this, in the middle region or the capital of South Carolina. So I just wanted to do something new, something fresh, keep up with the times and just come back. I don't want to say with a vengeance, but with a purpose, because we do have a purpose. And so I just want to do something fresh and new. Uh, you mentioned before that you guys are kind of following the path of Florida when it comes to really how you're rolling out your programs. So realistically, yeah. when do you think that, you know, we can see a more formulated medical program potentially in South Carolina and then eventually kind of swing the tide and see and get broader legalization in the form of a recreational market there as well? Um, let me just say this. Recreational, y'all going to be sitting on your hands for a while. <laughs> I'll probably be in my 60s, 50s or 60s. I don't see us as a whole state. Maybe if the state maybe had or allowed for tourist cities like Charleston or Greenville, you know, Myrtle Beach or, or the lower counties like Buford, um, maybe having like tourist spots because Canada tourism is really huge. And we have some of the best beaches in the nation, but some of the best tourist spots in the nation like Charleston always ranks top top 10 in terms of historical cities to visit in the United States. So, you know, I, I think recreationally Canada tourism wise I can see that forming and happening happening before full recreational um like I said I'll, I'm 30 so it'll probably be another 10 to 20 years before recreational happens however for medical I can see medical happening within the next five years and where can our listeners you know go to keep up with everything now metro normal has going on and, and follow all the things that you're doing uh, as of now, we are on Facebook as Columbia Normal. That's C-O-L-U-M-M as in Mike, B-I-A, Normal, all capital uh, N-O-R-M-L. You can find us on Facebook. We're giving you all updates on our branding. We're in the process of creating an Instagram page. Um, but, yes, if you want to contact us, you want to follow us, Facebook as of now, and then we're going to announce when we're going to roll out our Instagram page. Awesome. Well, Jocelyn, thank you so much for joining us today. I look forward to following your progressive advocacy in South Carolina and seeing the positive reform that's going to come to your state hopefully really soon. Oh, most definitely. Thank y'all for having me. Yes. Thank Pray you. for us. Pray for us. Yes, we yeah. will. And hopefully it won't be another 30 years until we can see a wreck market out there. Right, right, right. If not, <laughs> hey, we're just going to have to go to one of our sister states. But other than that, we we'll just so. pray. Just pray. <laughs> definitely, definitely. All right, take care. Thank you. Thank you as well, revolutionaries. I think that does it for another episode of The Vault. 
was interesting to kind of touch base on all things cannabis in South Carolina, being as more so we focus on states that either have a formulated medical market or even a recreational market. So we know that uh, South Carolina is one of those states that's still kind of not formed out in that manner. So it'll be interesting to kind of keep in touch with Josh and seeing everything as it progresses out there. Absolutely. You know where to follow us at The Vault Podcast on Twitter, at The Vault underscore podcast on Instagram. Join the revolution. Join the revolution.